Well, I saw a post today on Instagram. Oh, got to turn on my headphones. There we go. I can hear myself now. Saw a post on Instagram where uh, a dude, bartender, can't remember where it was. Where the hell was it? I'm going to look it up. But a guy was wearing uh, um, a bicycle shirt like I'm wearing right now. <laughs> it was at uh, Dream Chasers Brewery. I'll tag them in the post. And uh, the guy was wearing a, uh, a bicycle shirt like this. Let's see. You can see it right there. So I decided, you know what? Maybe that's a good look for me. I'll, I'll uh, wear that during my next podcast. I might even wear it at Homegrown Brew House. I'm not sure yet if I can pull it off or not. But uh, this is my bicycle shirt. It says, uh, what did it say? Oh, I just uh, pulled my chest ears in there. So it says beer. What does it say? That's all it says, I guess, beer. It's got a little guy. Got a little guy wanking on here. So I said, you know, my next podcast, why don't I just wear that? Or my next shift at Homegrown, 117 South Main Street, why don't I wear that? So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> this, uh will come out on Friday. You'll see it. These are the roll-ups. Not quite as exquisite as um, tests made for us when we went to Mountain Light Sanctuary. But I tried to duplicate it, and I've kind of messed it up a little bit. But they're still good. So this is what I have been eating this evening. I made a bunch of them earlier today. It's got... Uh, what has it got on? It's got... Uh, I don't even know how you say it, but it's Genoa, Genoa, <laughs> salami. It's got hard salami. It's got pepperoni, <clears throat> provolone cheese, some roasted red pepper, some uh, banana peppers, a little spread of avocado mayo, and some sprinkle of Italian seasoning. So that is what I'm eating currently tonight. I'm going to plug this in right here, plug my... I got my Mac going. I've been doing some mic testing. You probably saw a post earlier uh, this week about me doing some mic tests, mic checks, whatever, and uh, testing out this Mac. So I think I got this thing all dialed in. We'll see. I'm going to have uh, Kyle from Charleston Brewery List coming in uh, next week, next Wednesday. Um, he works over there at uh, Charleston Infirmatory. We discussed this last episode. He's going to be in, so hopefully I get all this dialed in by the time he gets in here. Hopefully. I keep going to this uh, mouse. This is the mouse that I was using, using for my PC, my Surface Pro. Excuse me. I keep forgetting that uh, I have my own little mouse down here for the Mac. So that's what's going on. I'm going to pull up my notes because I didn't email my notes to me today. For this podcast, <clears throat> what are we what are we going to talk about? Well, we did a whole podcast the other day, Tuesday's episode, and I mentioned it a couple times that I was going to finish up with a certain thing, and I did not finish up with that. So we're going to finish up with that today because I forgot all about it because I had a whole bunch of audio issues on the last episode. <sighs> Man, that last episode it turned out to be okay, really. 
but I had a bunch of issues going on with my equipment. Hopefully, I'm going to squash all that for this next uh, for this episode and for all upcoming episodes. Um, let's see. I mentioned uh, the show Minefield last episode, and I didn't go into that detail at all. Like I said, I had a bunch of stuff that just distracted me last episode. And I missed out on a bunch of points that I had down in my notes. So here's a couple of things I had. I'm watching this show called Minefield. It's on YouTube. So if you're not a YouTube Red member, you're not going to be able to to watch this thing. You could probably pull it up and and, uh, look at a couple previews, um, trailers, whatever, for Minefield. Basically, it's a lot of psychological... Uh, testing on this episode. So every episode they do something like, um, well, fuck, let's look it up. Let's look that up. Minefield. I'll give you a little synopsis. I didn't do a lot of prepping for this episode. Minefield. YouTube. I just, uh, I was out and about. I was at Homegrown actually watching uh, Fleming Moore. Tonight is Wednesday. This is going to come out on Friday. Um, Shirt's bunching up on me. It's a nice bicycle shirt, though. I love wearing this shirt when I'm out. It's a good shirt. It's got some pockets in the back, so you can put some some fuel back there, some gels. You could put water bottles back there, whatever. But, um, what was I saying? (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, Minefield, Wikipedia. Nope. Here we go. TV series, IMDb. I was at uh, Homegrown. I I stopped in up there. Fleming was playing tonight. He was up there with Robert uh, Lighthouse, who played Studio 117 back on Saturday. We talked about that last episode. He kind of did a jam session. Um, Alan was up there. He was playing some harp on the... uh, on a couple of the songs, uh, Tanner was up there playing guitar, shreds it out every time. So that's where I came from. And I decided, you know, what the hell, let's do an episode tonight. So Minefield, mind it's got 8.9 uh, stars, or it's an 8.9 on, on IMDb. Uh, join me on a journey into the mysterious depths of the human psyche as I investigate the strange and surprising terrain of the mind field. So like I said, it's kind of like a psychological um, show. The episode that I'm talking about was called uh, Moral License. And I'm going to see if I can dive into what that episode was here. Um, Let's see. Electronic Brain must have been on season three. There we go. Moral licensing. So, what does that mean? Oh, shit. It doesn't even tell me. I thought for sure I would go in. Moral licensing. It doesn't even give me a description. I don't know why. But basically, moral licensing is, um, let's say you go out and you do something good during the day. You pick up a piece of trash or you um, uh, 
whatever. Uh, somebody asks you for money and you give them some money. Well, that moral licensing, you say, okay, I, get, I did something good today. Now I don't have to do anything good the rest of the day. So it's kind of like a balancing of the scales. Um, you decide that you did something good already. So the rest of the day, somebody else asks you for money, you're like, uh, in your mind, I've already done something good for today, so I don't need to do anything else. I've already done my part for today. I'm going to balance the scales and not do something the next time somebody asks me to do something. So it's it's a phenomenon. And what they did is they tested that theory out uh, throughout the episode. So I would recommend that you go out to YouTube, <clears throat> subscribe to the YouTube Red. They have a lot of good um, original programming out there on YouTube. Also, if you subscribe to YouTube Red, whenever you close YouTube and you go and do th- other things on your phone or on your computer, it still plays in the background so it doesn't cut it off. So I like it because I, I listen to a lot of YouTube content, whether it be podcast or original shows, um, different things. And I like to be able to close that and still be able to multitask and go on through different things throughout the day and check other stuff out. So I'd recommend it. It's another way to cut the cord from the cable companies. A lot of people are out there on Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, YouTube Red is another great avenue out there for you to cut the cord and get some original content and do some just get some cool stuff out there so minefield i would recommend it it started back in 2017 they've done three seasons so far i like it i like it a lot and uh i'm kind of all big into the mind and and psychology and things like that i actually minored in psychology when i was going to college i majored in criminal justice minored in psychology So it's something I'm very interested in. I'd love to figure out what people are thinking and what the mind is doing. So Minefield, go check it out. Moral Licensing is the episode I'm talking about. What else? Speaking about, god damn, my my throat is some kind of clearing thing. Um, I started thinking about it, you know, Joe Rogan talked about it a little bit about uh, his stint in Taekwondo when he first started. We both started about the same time, age-wise, at about 15 years old. And I remember I was kind of on a path. Uh, I've talked about it before. I was in a gang. Uh, My parents moved me out to Somerville to get me away from the gang activity and and the, uh, the road that I was going down when I was at Stahl High School. I was getting into a lot of mishap and a lot of trouble and misadventures there in North Charleston, doing a lot of shady stuff that I should not be doing, fighting, um, drug activity, what have you. And they moved me out to Somerville and I took up Taekwondo. I always had a big uh, interest in the martial arts, even when I was still in North Charleston, uh, me and a buddy of mine, Keith Cady. He's no longer with us. Had a heart attack uh, about a decade ago, I guess. And uh, yeah, we were big into martial arts. You know, when I grew up, it was the uh, the whole movement of kung fu fighting, um, black belt theater, Bruce Lee. All this stuff was uh, just really hitting the uh, the mainstream, and we were just fascinated by martial arts. And 
Um, we did it quite often without any instruction. We'd learn just from the movies, from books that we had read, magazines, Black Belt uh, Magazine, Taekwondo Magazine, Kung Fu Magazine, all these different things. And uh, yeah, so I moved out to Somerville and decided to get my life together, which I'm doing right now, a thing uh, called Get Get Your Life Together. But I joined a Taekwondo studio, National Karate Institute. Didn't even have Taekwondo in the name. It had karate in the name, which is kind of confusing now that I look back at it and think about it. But uh, National Karate Institute was um, where I started my martial arts journey. And Mark Deshane's out there. He now runs Blackwater on the Ashley. He's a big-time bass fisherman. He does bass excursions and uh, tours and uh, runs Blackwater on the Ashley, which is a fantastic venue out in, I think it's Ridgeville. It's not quite in the town of Somerville. We did a, an event out there last year called uh, Rivercraft 2018 for Craft Conversations. But anyway, he's my Taekwondo instructor, instructor Mark. And Man, I tell you, that changed my life. Um, started going to, to school out there with him. Eventually became a student instructor. And I tell you what, if you really want to learn martial arts, there's no better way to learn to, than to be a teacher. And I think that's kind of fitting in anything that you do in life. Teaching makes you a better student, makes you a better makes you better in general to teach it because you realize the intricacies of that art. I don't even know. I don't even know how to explain it. But to teach something makes you learn something a thousand times more. You know, as a student, I was okay. I mean, I was a good student. I was a great student. That's why I became an instructor student at the school but to teach something, it really makes you dig deep and and perfect the art and really, I don't even know what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say here, but to teach something, it makes you more invested in it, I guess, because you really want somebody to learn, I don't know, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, really. But I became a student, I became an instructor, and it made me that much better at what I was doing. So um, I guess that's like anything, right? I mean, if you're a teacher in, in English or math or social studies, history, whatever the case may be, you're going to get that much more out of it by guiding other people in that specific art or that discipline. Now, does everybody need to be a teacher? No. There's a lot of people out there that have a great knowledge of something that cannot teach. They cannot uh, convey that information over to somebody else, and that's fine. Let somebody else be the teacher, and you can be um, just a good student, but not everybody needs to be a teacher. Some people need to follow. Some people need to lead. You need both of those things to be 
uh, to make something happen. I don't know. I can't convey quite what I'm what I'm trying to to say. I'm trying to think. And and the funny thing is, you know, last episode I was going to talk about this, and I had a whole thing in my head that I was going to say about this whole subject, and now it's it's lost. the The moment is gone of what I was trying to say about this whole subject. But basically, teaching is the best way to learn. That's that's the point I'm trying to make, I guess. But when I God, I keep my, my body keeps regurgitating some kind of noises, and I'm sure you can hear it in the mic. It happened, you know, back early in this podcast when Caleb and I would talk, and Caleb would say, "What the hell was that noise?" And I'd be like, "I don't know. I got some some stuff coming up out of my digestive system, I guess." But uh, put a new sticker on my uh, on my Mac today. I don't know if you can see it right here. Craft Conversations. Put a sticker on there. I'm drinking some water tonight, guys. My stomach is doing all kind of stuff too. You can probably hear that in the mic underneath my shirt. My fantastic uh, biking shirt, my beer shirt. The um, I was at a mountain lake sanctuary, and uh, we came across these butterflies. Just a big pile of them right there in front of the lodge. They were, I don't know, 20 of them sitting there. They were flapping their wings. They were just staying right there on this grassy area. And every morning we came out, these butterflies were in this same area. And I, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if they were eating something, or if they were just kind of hanging out, or if they uh, had a meeting going on, a meeting of the butterflies. But they, you know, would let us come right up to them, and they would not fly away. They stayed, would stay right there. We could get right up on top of them. We took some pictures, some videos, and they they would not flee. So I, I, I labeled them as the, the uh, butter no flies because they didn't fly away. But when those guys would fly, because they eventually would leave that area and they would go out. And, you know, you always see a butterfly. They're kind of like, um, I don't know, they seem dizzy to me. They seem like they don't really know what's going on. They seem like uh, they're not quite sure of their wings. They're not quite used to them yet. You know, they they evolved from this cocoon as a uh, as a caterpillar. They could, is it a caterpillar or it, it's not a worm? Centipede? No, it's a caterpillar, right? So they emerged from this cocoon and now the, this butterfly. And it seems like they just haven't quite gotten used to their wings yet. And they're kind of dizzy and they're kind of just like, ooh, oh, hey. And they're just flying all over and they're just going in all these different directions. And they're dipsy-doing all over the place. And then I started looking at uh, the hummingbirds that would come over to these hummingbird feeders. And they are just like a, a jet fighter. I mean, they're just very precise they zoom, 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 zoom. Every movement they do is just like this precise movement, like you're sitting in a jet plane with this, uh, you know, with your your stick shift, and you're just you have all these precise movements, and they're just two totally different opposites of this <clears throat> of the spectrum. A butterfly just seems like they're a newborn baby, and they're just they're getting excuse me, they're getting used to their wings, and maybe the wings are too big for their body, and they're just not very conducive to flight. 
Um, but you get this hummingbird that's just very fine-tuned. And I think they're both at the same level as far as uh, infancy and as far as maturity and as far as age and those type things. But just two different, two different things. And it's just amazing to me that uh, the difference between the two. And both very beautiful in their own right. But butterflies just seem like they just don't give a shit, man. They're just out there like, ah, whatever. I'll fly over here. I'll fly over here. I'll fly over there. And they're just very loosey-goosey where the, the hummingbird is just very succinct and and poignant and right on. They know exactly where they're going. They're going to get there. They're going to go here. They're going to get there. They're going to go here. Almost like an ADD type thing where a butterfly is like a hippie. And a hummingbird is like, uh, I don't know, a businessman. Um, and they're going through their job every day. And they're working 12-hour shifts and whatever. And a butterfly is just like, ah, I'm going to sleep in today. I'm going to do this, do that. I don't know. Just something I kind of noticed when I was out there at uh, Mountain Light. Uh, I really, I, I keep going to this mouse, man, because this is the, this is the mouse that I would use for all, for my, all my videos. But now I have to remember to go to this little, uh, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called. Uh, trackpad. I got to get into the Mac lingo. Uh, we're 20 minutes, 21 minutes in. I'm going to go into this and I'm going to end this episode. This will be uh, Friday's episode. Uh, but like I said, I did a whole episode on Tuesday and I forgot to to mention my main topic because of all the audio issues that I was having. Uh, you know, my audacity stopped. Um, I got a bug bite. I got, I got like two or three bug bites. I did, a, I did some yard work the other day. I finally had a, a break in the rain. I borrowed my, um, speaking about the procrastination episode, I finally got over and got my the lawnmower from my father. And I uh, brought it back to the house yesterday <clears throat> before, actually, when I started, or when I went to my parents' house, it was already drizzling over there, sprinkling, drizzling. I still haven't figured out what is the the more of the two. I think it's a sprinkle, and then it goes into a drizzle. I think a drizzle is more than a sprinkle. Let's put it that way. I didn't look it up and find out the exact facts on that. I have somebody give me some facts on the last episode. Um, Tess always gives me some feedback on the episodes and I appreciate it. She tells me what I've, what I've said, right. What I've said wrong, what I should do better, what I should do less of. So I appreciate that a lot, uh, more than she knows, but I was a saying, Oh, so I got the lawnmower. It was already sprinkling, maybe drizzling at my parents' house. And I said, well, it's not doing that at my house currently when I left. So I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to get the lawnmower. I'm going to take it back to the house, see if I can get some yard work done. Because, uh, And I'm glad I did because today it, it's pretty much rained all day for the most part, on and off. So I got the lawnmower, brought it back to the house. I mowed the front yard, and then I mowed the backyard twice. I did it at, at a real high level, and then I dropped it down and ran back over it a second time. I got the weed eater out. I got most of the weed eating done in the front yard. I still have about half of the front drive done right there at the curb on the street side. Uh, but everything else is done. I got the, I got the weed eating done in the entire backyard. Um, I didn't get any weed pulling done in the front or the back. 
I'm going to try and do a little bit of that tomorrow. Um, I didn't get it done today. I just, um, I don't know. I procrastinated today and did a bunch of stuff trying to get this Mac ready, trying to get some, I had to get an upload done, an update done on the Mac. Uh, took about 46 minutes while I was sitting up at Coastal Coffee Roasters. I had to update uh, my Audacity, had to uninstall and reinstall that. Had to update the uh, Premiere Pro again. So everything was a big process today. I mean, probably at least two hours worth of updates. And then I did a mic test today. I uploaded that on, um, this is on Friday. I did this on Wednesday. I did a, uh, I did a mic test and I uploaded that to YouTube and um, tried to get the levels dialed in for this thing, for the audio. Because I got Charleston Brewery list, like I said, Kyle from uh, uh, Charlestown Fermentory coming in next week. I wanted to make sure I had all the levels dialed in and had this computer all set up. I want to make sure it's a good episode for next week. But what am I getting to? So I had a topic I wanted to talk about last episode that I didn't talk about. I left work last Friday evening. Fantastic night. Uh, That was Ron Daniel, not Dan Riley, like I mentioned last episode. It was Ron Daniel. I went to the Kickin' Chicken, like I do after every shift, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which I won't be doing anymore because they've changed their hours. So I will not be going over there after work anymore, which is fine with me. I mean, it's kind of, I'm going to miss it, but it's a, it's a good idea. For one, I'll save money. For two, I won't drink a, a, a couple, few beers over there. But I went over there, had a few drinks. And uh, as I always do, I mean, the standard Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, this was Friday. I left. I was coming back down Main Street, as I always do, and coming back to the house. I ended up going a little bit too fast. Speed limit is 35 there on Main Street. Uh, Most of the way as you go through town, I probably was going 45, maybe a little bit less than that. I think I was about eight miles an hour over the speed limit. It's a Friday night. The cops are looking to pull somebody over. They're looking to to meet their quotas and and make some money for the town. That's the way the, the cookie crumbles. I got pulled over. And apropos, ironically, I don't know if it's ironic. I don't know if that's the right use of the word, but I got pulled over right in front of Homegrown Brew House. And uh, pulled over. I knew exactly why I got pulled over. I looked down. I said, oh, well, you're fucking speeding. That's a fucking dumbass move. Why are you speeding? I got pulled over. I pulled over, uh, turned my lights on inside. I have my registration and my insurance up underneath my uh, sun visor. It's always readily available. The only thing was I didn't have... I had two different insurance cards up there. I had two different... Hold on, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me again. One more time. All right. I think that might be the first sneeze on this podcast. You're welcome. So I always have my uh, my stuff underneath my visor, easily accessible. But for some reason, I had two different registration cards up there, and I had two different uh, insurance cards up there. My insurance cards, neither one of them were current. 
my registration, um, both of them were usable. One had the, uh, the expiration of my registration. One had the expiration of my actual plate, which I didn't even know they were two different things. But so as always, if I ever get pulled over, I roll down my window, I turn my interior lights on, um, just to make it, you know, more friendly as the officer comes up to my window. I'm always yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I'm always yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, very polite. Always have my uh, my driver's license ready. Always have my registration, my insurance ready, and I usually have my military ID ready, which I did uh, today or that day, just to uh, to kind of pad the the situation and say, hey, I'm I'm retired military as well, uh, you know, fellow uh, person in uniform. And I gave them my information and, and she gave the, the uh, insurance card back and said, this is not current. This expired back in June. And I said, okay, well, let me go on my phone. I pulled up my uh, State Farm app, typed in my uh, username, my password, pulled it right up and said, here is my current insurance card. You know, very cognizant, very aware of what was going on. Obviously, I'd had a couple of drinks there at uh, Kickin' Chicken, so I smelled of alcohol. I tried to roll the window down beforehand to kind of get the smell of alcohol out of the vehicle if there was any in there, because I knew that was going to be a problem. I knew it right up front. She takes my information back to her vehicle. Uh, I'm sure types it all in, makes sure there's not any warrants out on me, make sure I don't have any uh, anything going on, that I'm not a warranted criminal or anything. She comes back to the vehicle and says, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to get out of the car. We suspect that you may be driving under the influence. So I said, okay, no problem. So I turned the vehicle off. I still had my lights on, uh, interior lights on, got out the vehicle, stepped to the back of the vehicle. And she says, okay, um, we expect, we suspect that you may be intoxicated. We're going to give you a field sobriety test. I consented and I said, no problem. I'm not um, drunk. I'm not inebriated. Uh, let's get it. Let's do it. Let's, do, let's get it on. I didn't quite say it like that, but I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And uh, this was about almost 2 a.m. in the morning. It was about 1.50, I think, a.m., so lights are on. There's actually two vehicles. Another another police officer pulled up behind her, and uh, she got now. So I had two people in front of me. I'm facing the uh, Hutchinson Square. She takes out a um, one of those little pins, got a little light on it. She pulls it out and says, uh, "You know, okay. What I want you to do is you're going to follow this light with only your eyes." And that's it. You're just going to follow this light. I want you to follow it back and forth, left and right, up and down, whatever. Staying with your hands by your side, feet together. You're going to follow this light. Uh, the very first thing she does is she takes it over to my left. And the very first thing I did was I followed it with my eyes. And she says, no, here's the instructions again. Follow it with only your eyes. And I said, okay, all right, I got it. I got it now. Uh, my instinct was to follow it with, with my head. So she takes the light, I follow it with my eyes, and I know what they're looking for. I've seen plenty of stuff on uh, field sobriety tests. My, uh, my younger brother actually had gone through one. He actually uh, had a DUI. 
so I know the routine. I've seen it. I've seen it on the TV shows. I've seen it uh, in person. I've seen people doing it outside of homegrown. I've watched them do it across the street. So anyway, I follow this light. And what they're looking for, normally, if you are super intoxicated, what's going to happen is instead of your eyes doing a smooth motion from left to right, up and down, excuse me, I shouldn't have eaten some of those roll-ups that I made over there. It's making me uh, burp. I apologize. But so what's going to happen is normally you're going to have a jittering effect. So your eyes are going to, instead of going smoothly left and right, up and down, they're going to jitter back and forth following this light. Um, So anyway, I'm following this light. I go to the left. I go to the right. She takes it up. She takes it down. Um, and they're also looking to, to see if you're going to fall over. You know, if your body's wavering, if you're, if you're drunk, you're going you're gonna to be, you know, a little unstable. So they're, they're testing a lot of things at this time. They're also testing you just talking to them. Uh, that's one of the tests as well. So I'm following this light, no problem. You know, the first time my head moved. But th- th- after that, after I, I kind of got into the groove and said, okay, just your eyes, Brian, come on, let's pay attention. My eyes go back, my eyes go forth, they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, they go back, they go forth. A girl standing here, the officer in front of me is standing here. They're both watching me intently to see if I do anything that indicates that uh, I am intoxicated and indeed drunk. Uh, Nothing happens. So they say, okay, here's the next test. First time I've ever been through this test, by the way, very interesting. I've seen it a million times, movies, TV shows in person, uh, from afar. So the light test, no problem. The next test, uh, they tell me to turn, um, what would that be? 90 degrees to the, to the right. And I'm going, you know, down the, uh, the parking area on the side of the street, which is cantered by the way, uh, which I think if I was to fail, I probably could have fought that a little bit because it's not a flat surface. So what they wanted me to do was, and they demonstrated, they wanted me to go heel to toe for nine steps forward and then do a, a turn and come nine steps nine steps backwards with a heel to toe. And I even told them, I said, look, this surface is uneven. This is a cantered surface. This is parking, you know, the 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 both sides of the street are cantered to allow drainage of water into the sewage system. And I said, all right, I said, I'm going to do it, but I'm just telling you, this is not an even surface. So I think it's an unfair test, but uh, I'm going to do it because it's no problem. So I ended up going and you have to count. You have to count one, two, three, four. So I did nine steps. And then at the end, I said, I can't remember what you told me to do. Did you tell me to turn to the left? Did you tell me to turn to the right? Am I supposed to go, you know, just spin around? I don't remember what the instructions are. And I told them that straight up, uh, you know, give me the instruction. They said, just turn around. Um, we already gave you the instruction. I said, no, but I forgot. Tell me the instructions again. So I don't mess it up because I don't want to mess up this test. And you think I'm drunk. So the whole time I'm interacting with these guys and letting them know, Look, I'm very cognizant. I'm very aware of what's going on. So anyway, I turn around to the left. I come back. One, two, three, four. No problems whatsoever. I said, okay, next part of the test, face me. So now I'm facing down this canter. So I'm facing kind of down a little slant. 
Okay, I want you to, you're going to stand on one leg. You're going to point your toe up, you know, with a straight leg, you're going to point your toe up, toe up toward the, uh, toward the, um, the sky, Jesus Christ. And you're just going to count one, 1,000 uh, hands to your side, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, and so forth until I tell you to stop. No problem. I stand on my right leg. I lift my left leg up. I point my left uh, foot toward the air, toward the, toward the sky. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. I count to 23, 1,000 before they finally tell me to stop. No balance problems. I stood there the entire time, counted. Okay, Mr. Dales, you are free to go. I'm going to give you a warning tonight. Uh, please be careful. Thank you, officer. Have a good night. I appreciate it. And I uh, got my car and went home. So that was the story that I was supposed to tell at the last episode that I did not tell. Because I had mentioned something at the beginning, and I don't even remember what I mentioned, but uh, I said that I would tie that in at the end. And by the end, I had all these audio problems that Audacity had stopped, and I didn't get around to telling that story. So that's it. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is don't even chance it, man, as far as drinking and driving. If you've had a couple uh, drinks, a few drinks, uh, especially if you're a female, you know, they recommend one. A guy, they recommend two. And a lot of times you go out now and uh, some of these beers are 8%, 10%. Some of them are 13 You know, we had a beer recently at Homegrown that was 14% uh, called Defying Gravity from D9 Brewing Company. And uh, you have one of those. As a female, you're done. Uh, depending on your height and weight, you know, obviously that's going to play into it. But for me, you know, at 210 pounds as a 6'1 guy, just one of those would put me over the limit, I think. Let's check it out. So speaking of that, I have an app now, uh, which I don't even need the app, but I just I, I downloaded it for shits, shits and giggles. So let's see. If I had a 16-ounce um, a beer and it was 14%, I'm almost at the limit. The limit here in South Carolina is 0 08 if I had that 14% beer, and I've got plugged in here, you know, my uh, that I'm male and my weight. And this doesn't even take into account whether you've eaten anything, whether you're hydrated. All these different things make a make a, an impact on your intoxication. But if I was to drink that one beer right now, a 16-ounce beer, at my height and weight and my um, being a male, I would be at 0.076. I'm right on the edge already just from that one drink. This app is called Drunk, question mark, question mark. So you can go to your app store on the iPhone, download that app, and uh, you put in your, your information, and then you can log how many beers you've had and what the alcohol content is. And uh, it you know gradually counts down over time. Uh, this .076 will go down. So... It's a tool. I would not recommend, um, you know, it says for entertainment purposes only on there when you download the app. So it's not something that you can take to court and count on. But if 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 you are going to go out and you're going to have a few drinks, I would recommend downloading an app, this app or something similar to it, to at least give you an idea of your intoxication level. 
to make sure that you're not out there driving intoxicated and that you're not going to get pulled over. Uh, you might fail the sobriety test. That's fine. Some people don't have great balance. They just can't, uh, you know, handle that test. But if you get the breathalyzer test, they're going to catch you one way or the other. Whether it's a field sobriety test or whether it's breathalyzer, whether it's a blood test, if you if you deny um, uh, or refuse to take the uh, breathalyzer, they're going to catch you one way or another. So the more you know, right, the more tools you have at your disposal, the better. I would recommend download downloading that just to make sure and kind of keep you accountable. But I would also download the Uber app and the Lyft app and just make sure if you're even if you even question what's going on, get a ride home, guys. I mean, call a friend. You know, like uh, what's that, what was that game show? Um, who wants to be a millionaire? You know, phone a friend, get you an Uber, get you a Lyft, download the app. Keep yourself accountable. Uh, limit yourself as you, if you're a guy to two six percent drinks or less uh, for the evening, and a female one, uh, just based on size and weight. Yeah, that's what I was going to end with last episode, and I forgot all about it. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that this time. That's all I got, guys. I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point, but I hope I gave you some good information. This is a show about craft uh, beer. It's about crafting a conversation. It's about helping people. It's about being a part of society and, um, you know, we, us all getting through this together. So help a friend out. Um, give them this information. And um, let's all get through this life together, man. Don't get pulled over for so fucking stupid shit and get arrested and go to jail and spend a shit ton of money on a DUI when you don't have to. Just uh, either don't drink or drink in moderation or get a ride, plan ahead. Could have gone a very different way for me. And I'm very thankful that uh, it did not. So, on that note, I will talk to you soon, guys. Talk to you soon.